Good evening all, tonight we have six true horrifying stories told in the dark. Before we begin though, if you haven't already, can you hit that subscribe button and maybe leave a comment. It really helps me out, especially in the infant stages of my channel. However, let's get down to business. Number 1 I have a true story about a demon that followed me for some time. I would like to start by saying whether you believe in demons or not, I can for one say that I know they are real and do exist. What I am about to share with you are real events and not fictional. This is why I mention no names including the demon's name. I get chills just recounting these encounters. To preface, I am 45 year old gay male. My demonic encounter started when I moved into my first apartment in the summer of 1992. I was 20 at the time. Unfortunately, my demonic encounter lasted for nearly 8 years before I could finally get rid of it for good. I will only cover a few of the most terrifying occurrences that happened over the 8 year period. Now, on to my story. I had moved to Casper, Wyoming, a town about 55 miles from where I graduated from high school that year. A friend of mine turned me onto a cute two-bedroom apartment on Elm Street. Yes, I did say Elm Street, folks. The apartment was the basement floor of a two-story house that has been converted into two apartments. My friend had recently moved to the main floor apartment and suggested my then boyfriend at the time and I take the bottom unit. It was an ideal situation since we all worked at the same mall at the time. It was mid-June and there was no air conditioning in the apartment at the time, so as you can well imagine it was pretty flipping hot in that apartment. I was in the middle of painting the master bedroom when I decided to take a break from the fumes and the heat and headed to the kitchen to get a tall glass of iced tea and to have a quick smoke. Now, keep in mind, I was the only one in the apartment at the time, as my boyfriend was working. If I recall, it was around 11pm and he was not due home until after 1am, or around about there. After finishing my smoke, I headed back to the bedroom to finish painting. As I walked back into the room, every hair on my entire body stood on end. My heart began to beat out of my chest as I realised there was something painted on the opposite wall of where I had been painting. There was no paint spilled on the carpet and the brush I had been using was right there. Heart still pounding, I slowly crept up to the wall. The paint was still wet and slowly dripping down the wall. I gasped in horror as I read what was painted on the wall. It simply read, I am here. I bolted the hell out of there and waited outside on the stoop until my boyfriend came home from work. I was not about to go back to the apartment again by myself. My boyfriend, being a sceptic, dismissed it as maybe I had done it myself without remembering, or that the upstairs neighbour had snuck in and painted it. 
even though they were not home at the time the occurrence had happened. Fast forward a few months. We had been gone all day and it was late when we got home. Having an early day the next day, I headed for the shower while he grabbed himself a beer. As I was showering, I heard the door to the bathroom open and close. I remember smiling to myself thinking he was going to join me in the shower for some playtime. I was in the middle of rinsing the conditioner out of my hair when I heard the shower curtain slide open. Decided you wanted a quickie before bed, eh? I asked, though rinsing my hair. Sounds good to me, said a voice that was not my boyfriend's. The voice sounded gravelly and low. About that time, I felt ice-cold hands grab my shoulders from behind. I spun around in horror only to discover I was in the shower alone. I exceeded the bathroom in such haste I did not even bother to grab a towel. Heart pounding and dripping wet, I was now in the front room, panting and trying to catch my breath. My boyfriend shaking uncontrollably and pointing to the bathroom. His eyes were fixed as he appeared to be in a state of shock. His voice quivering, he whispered, I saw it go in there. Fast forward two years. We had just moved into another basement apartment. This one was on the other side of town. It too was a house that had been transformed into two separate units. The owner of the house and his boyfriend lived upstairs and were offered a killer deal as far as rent. I think we're paying 200 a month for the two-bedroom apartment. We only lived there about two months before the demonic activity started up again. They were old-fashioned swinging doors like you would find in those old western movies that separated the front room and the kitchen. We had lived in the new place about two months and there was no supernatural activity of any kind. We were thinking maybe the entity had not followed us to our new home and had begun a truly relax. We were thinking maybe the entity had not followed us to our new home and had begun to truly relax. We were dead wrong. My boyfriend and I had just finished having amazing sex and were sitting down to sleep when the saloon doors between the kitchen and living room began to swing back and forth. The night lights in the kitchen and our bedroom went out, leaving us completely in the dark. Come play with me, a demonic voice called out to my boyfriend from the kitchen. It was so loud it echoed through the entire apartment. Still shrouded in complete darkness, he and both shook uncontrollably under the covers. We began to quietly argue over who was going to make a break for the light switch located on the wall by the door. Not knowing what else to do, I yelled for it to leave in Jesus' name. The entity roared so loudly I swear you could feel the house shake. We could hear the saloon doors fly open, the night lights came back on and we were alone again. For how long, we didn't know. It took us about 20 minutes before we could muster up enough courage to move. Needless to say, we did not get any sleep that night and had every light in the place on. Fast forward another couple of weeks. 
our company for the evening had just left and my boyfriend and I had settled in our recliners in the front room to watch a movie and chill for the remainder of the evening. A loud knock on the front door signalling one of our friends had probably forgotten their car keys or something caused my boyfriend to pause the movie and head to the door. He stopped short and shot me a concerned look. Puzzled, I asked him if he was going to the door or not. He pointed out the motion-censored light was not on. Opening the door, he visibly shivered and there was nobody there and no vehicles in the drive but our own. As he shut the door, there came a loud crash and the sound of glass breaking from the kitchen. Walking into the kitchen, it took me a minute to figure out what had happened. The coffee pot that was tucked into the corner by the sink was now laying in a zillion pieces under the dining room table. The knocking started up again on the front door. Again, no light indicated somebody was actually there. Then the knocking switched to the back door. Actually, it was more like a pounding. The pounding was hard and loud and I was sure the door was going to cave in. The air became thick and heavy. So much I was hard to breathe. That was enough for us that night. My boyfriend and I bolted out of the house and spent the remainder of the night at a local Denny's restaurant drinking coffee. Too terrified to return to the house until morning. Now fast forward another couple of years. By this time we had found a beautiful two-story home to rent. We loved it because there was a spiral staircase between the two floors. The front door led you to the main floor of the home, where the kitchen, dining room and living room were. The back door leads you into the basement where the bedrooms and bathroom were located. It was a way cute little house and we loved it. That is until the entity found us again. I say this because after each move it seemed to took it a while to either find us or decide to show it had anyway. I would usually dream that it was standing in a large room with doors all around it. In the dream, all the doors would all start slamming, one at a time as I ran from door to door trying to escape. As the last one would slam shut, I, the room would fill with demonic laughter, which is how I knew it had found us again. The night after having the dream, my husband and I were downstairs in our bedroom, putting our laundry away when we heard my mother hollering down to us from the top of the stairs for us to come up and visit with her. We shot one another a confused look because my mother lived 55 miles away and never came over without calling first. That and both the front and back doors were locked. Thinking maybe my mum had made a copy of our house key and of course not wanted to be rude, I headed upstairs to visit. With my boyfriend hot on my heels as I approached the top of the stairs, I could see the front door was still locked and there was no sign of my mum anywhere. The temperature in the living room had dropped drastically, causing me to shiver. As I moved into the living room, my boyfriend walked to the front door, opened it, and confirmed that no car in the driveway. This is when we both saw a large black mass make its way slowly across the wall from the kitchen into the dining room. 
its slow movement appeared to be deliberate, as if it wanted us to see it. As it moved through the dining room into the front room, my mother's picture flew off the wall, past me, and went straight down into the basement. As the years progressed, so did uh, the entity's activities. It had gotten so bad that even our friends and family refused to come over. They too would see the black mass, witness things move on their own and hear disembodied voice calling their names. One morning I had just arrived home from a 13 hour night shift and had settled on the couch to watch some television before heading to bed. Out of nowhere there was a huge boom. It sounded like a bomb had gone off. The whole house, and I do mean the whole house, began to shake violently. It only lasted about 10 seconds or so. I am not sure because it felt much longer than that. I quickly ran outdoors thinking maybe a gas main in the neighbourhood had exploded or maybe we had an earthquake. All was calm and still. No one else seemed to even be aware that something major had just happened. As I was on the phone to the police department reporting what had just happened, my boyfriend and my brother who had stayed the night in our guest room came tearing upstairs in a panic. Their faces were pale white and you could see they were truly terrified. The police assured me that nobody else had reported anything and that maybe it was just my house settling. My brother said the house shook so violently it shook him right out of bed and onto the floor. I knew then that it was the demon and it was time to rid ourselves of it once and for all. I had several ministers, priests and mediums come to my house. The mediums were at least more helpful, the religious men were too afraid to do anything and simply said pray and left. I finally found a minister who specialised in deliverance ministry. She was well versed in dealing with demonic activity and getting rid of it. She was able to ascertain the demon's name, which gave her power over it. Or Jesus, whatever. She told me it was not her exercising the demon, but rather the power and the blood of Jesus. I also learned that the demon was not actually attached to me, but rather my boyfriend. I learned the reasons it always took the demon a while to show back up was the cleansing rituals I had been doing were working to a point, but that my boyfriend was the one who kept opening up the door, so to speak, for it to return. I was not aware of it at the time, but he had not only been dabbling with witchcraft, but was meeting strangers in the graveyard for sex since the cops heavily patrolled the city parks. They were once a hot spot for random hookups and drug use. Needless to say, I was able to finally get rid myself of my demon and my boyfriend. Unfortunately for him, the demon followed him and his life quickly fell apart. He got into drugs, alcohol and worse. He passed away last year, um, expectantly. We remained friends over the years and we'd talk on the phone or text. I spoke to him a week before his death and he had told me he was still being tormented by the demon. I have no idea what actually happened to my ex. 
it all has been kind of kept hush-hush. I just pray that he is at peace now. Number two. About five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the US. I have always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night. I never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite. But all of that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning, and I was walking near a police-patrolled park, quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to look back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street on my side was the silhouette of a man dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance-walking. He headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realised how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. I took my eyes off him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me but still looking skyward, smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. But still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him for no more than ten seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time, 
staring at him. And then he started moving toward me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone. Except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray on my cell phone or anything at all. But I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen, as the smiling man crept toward me. And then he stopped again, about a car length away from me, still smiling, his smile still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blotted out the first thing that came to my mind. What I meant to ask was, What the fuck do you want? In an angry commanding tone, what came out was a whimper. What the fuck? Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then after what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly and started dance-walking away, just like that. Not wanting to turn my back to him again, I just watched him go until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realised something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way. And this time, he was running. I ran too. I ran until I was off the side road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk, and he didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane, and that is a very, very scary thing to see. Number 3 My husband and I moved into an old carriage house that used to be in the old servants' quarters to the mansion next door. We had both heard the rumours and stories that the place was haunted but never paid them much attention. I guess I should give you a brief history of the two properties. Once upon a time, the mansion and the carriage house took up a whole city block. Now they belong to two different owners and are now two separate properties. Back when the house was built, the top floor was nothing but a giant hayloft. The main floor housed the hired help. There is a decent sized dining room, kitchen and front room. There are two bedrooms upstairs and one and a half baths. There is also a basement that looks like it was used strictly for storage. However, off to one side of the basement there is a hallway that just suddenly ends. There used to be an underground service tunnel between the carriage house and the mansion that has since been serviced that has since been filled in and sealed, 
hence the hallway that leads nowhere. Much has been said about the goings-on between the two places, none of which I can actually confirm. Now, back to my story. In recent years, the giant loft above the residence has been covered into a large three-bedroom apartment. My husband and I moved into the top floor and my younger brother, his wife and kids moved into the main floor. It was the perfect arrangement, or so we thought. For the first few months, things were awesome. It wasn't until our third month living there that we started experiencing paranormal activity. It started with little things around the house disappearing and then showing up a few days later in the same spot. Soon after, we started hearing disembodied voices, doors opening and closing on their own and footsteps in the attic. One night, my husband and I were lying in bed watching television when we could clearly hear somebody walking across the floor in the attic above our heads. I decided to go check it out, so I got out of bed, grabbed a flashlight and made my way down the hallway to the drop-down door on the attic. As I pulled the string and unfolded the stairs, the footsteps stopped. I hesitated at the bottom for a second as I realised that the only way into the attic is from the very set of stairs I was about to climb. Cold chills run up and down my spine as I cautiously started to climb. With just my head and shoulders in the attic so far, I scanned the attic with the flashlight but saw nothing. I decided to continue up into the attic. I made my way over to the light bulb and pulled the chain. There was nothing out of place and nobody there. Feeling relieved and a bit silly, I was going to chalk it up to just hearing things. That is when I noticed the footprints in the dust. They were child-sized and appeared to be made with bare feet. A child's giggle came from the back of the attic where we had stored all our Christmas decorations. It sounded like a little girl around the age of five or six. Come find me, the voice called. That was it for me. I was out of the attic so fast that I scraped the back of my calves, legs and upper back sliding down the wooded steps. Needless to say, I cleansed the apartment and everything calmed down for a while. What I didn't realise was that whatever had left my place had settled in my brother's place downstairs. Several weeks had gone by with no activity until my mother-in-law came to visit. My husband and I were sound asleep when his mother came barreling through our bedroom door in tears and hysterical. She kept saying there was a little girl out there but she couldn't see her. Not wanting to scare her further, I did not tell her about my experience. I told her it was probably one of my brother's kids watching television below us, and they had it up loud. The next morning, I visited with my brother and his wife and asked them if they had experienced anything unusual. They admitted they had, and the two of their kids had seen and heard a little girl. My brother also told me that they seemed to be on ominous presence in the basement so they avoided it like the plague. It was a month or so later that my brother and his family moved out, claiming they had had enough. 
Taking advantage of having access to the entire building at that point, I cleaned the place from top to bottom. That was four years ago, and since then we have only experienced voices and other activity once in a very blue moon. Update The latest tenants just moved out from downstairs two days ago. I didn't care much for them as they were not nice people, so I rarely spoke to them. Since their departure, we have had things fly off the walls, call us by name, and now scratching can be heard in the walls. This is quite a step up from any previous activity. I am wondering if that dark omnium presence my brother spoke of has decided to leave the basement and move in upstairs. I am not sure what is going on, but I will keep you posted. Number 4 A group of friends were staying at this remote cabin that one of my friend's cousins owned. There were no roads leading to the cabin and it was a good 3-4 day hike from where you parked his car. I couldn't go at the same time as everyone else due to work obligations, so I decided to head up the same day but later on. It would mean I would have to camp for a night by myself though, the latter part of the trail is too dangerous to be taken at night, especially by someone who doesn't know it. I didn't care, I was kind of looking forward to it as I had never camped alone before. So I was in the middle of these woods when the sun went down, I got my camp set up in a small clearing, probably 40 feet across. I get my campfire going and pitch my small one person tent. Do all that camping stuff like cooking hot dogs in a stick over the fire and s'mores. I probably stay up for a good two or three hours after dark. It was mid-autumn so the days were somewhat short. The entire time I thought I heard shit moving in the woods on the edge of the clearing. I didn't think anything of it at first cause the woods are full of animals. But as the night went on I realised that whatever it was just circling the clearing over and over. Once I started paying attention, it made four or five laps around before I decided to get up and investigate. The noise stopped as soon as I stooped up and I thought I heard something going away through the woods. I just shrugged it off thinking it was some fox that was curious that got scared when I stood up. I decided it was time to sleep, douse the fire and climb into my tent. I started to doze off and stay in that half-sleep, half-awake state for a while. I normally hear weird shit when I'm in this state, so I don't think much of it when I hear a voice. Something wakes me all the way up though, and I realise this voice is real and right outside my tent. It's just above a whisper, and I'm not sure if it was another language or if they were just speaking English in such a way that I couldn't understand. I lay there for some time, I don't know how long, but listening and waiting for something to happen. There is just enough moonlight to light up the walls of the tent, so I can see when a hand presses into the wall of my tent down near my foot. This freaks me out and I sit up quickly. Whoever was outside of the tent tore ass out of there like running full sprint through the woods. I get out of the tent and shine my flashlight around and see nothing. I was expecting there to be bloody handprint on the tent, but no, 
I didn't sleep that night. I packed up camp at first light that morning and booked it to the cabin. Number 5 I was once in a hot tub with some friends late at night. We were all telling some stories. One of the guys told us this one. A story of a girl he knew. Not sure if it's true, but multiple people in the hot tub who knew her verified it was true. So one day, this girl was called over to babysit. She did it a lot for these people, so it was a routine for her. Anyways, she was told to put the kids to bed at nine, and she did. After she put them to bed, she started watching TV and doing homework, waiting for the parents to come home. But then she started hearing some noises coming out of the basement, like pans falling and stuff. She just ignored it and thought it was the washing machine or something. Anyways, a little later, she started hearing the noises again, and tell them she was hearing noises coming out of the basement at the house she was babysitting at. The lady at the station told her there's a patroller in her area and that he'll be at the house in about 20 minutes. Anyways, in about five minutes, she hears a knock on the door. She answers and it's full of SWAT team. She asked, I thought they were just sending a patroller. And one of the guys told her, After you hung up on the phone, we heard a second phone on the line hang up. Ended up there was a man in the basement listening to the conversation. The lady in the station waited and heard him hang up, then immediately sent the SWAT team to help. They went downstairs and caught him. He was wanted for multiple cases of rape. Number 6 I was about 15 minutes from finishing the night shift at work when there was a massive crash on one of the windows in the office, so I get up and go check it out. Someone has thrown a quite a sizable rock through one of the windows in the front of the building. This is made especially weird because I am working in the industrial district at 11.30 at night, with none of the other businesses open. I go back to my desk, put a quick call through to security to let them know, and decide to head home. As I am leaving the building, I am freaking myself out by it more and more and end up running to my car. I am almost home and I have started to calm down a bit when I realised that I didn't unlock my car when I got in. It had been unlocked the whole time. I do a quick check with my hands in the back seat for any possible murderers that might be hanging around there, but there is nothing. Fast forward 30 minutes, I've called a friend of mine who says he is out drinking, so I decided I'm going to join him. I jump to my bicycle and start riding over. I'm doodling along the road on my bike. It's a nice night and I'm in no big rush, just enjoying the moonlight when I hear something riding behind me. I straighten up and stick to one side of the road. He passes me really slowly and when he is right beside me, he shoots me a smile I can describe as purely fucking insane. I kind of flinch and I am taken aback as he rides on. That's when I realise he's riding my mum's bike. 
Needless to say, I sprinted the fuck home. When I got there, sure enough, her bike is missing, and one of my car's doors is open. The back left one. I was driving and had no need to open that door. Well, thanks for listening if you made it this far. If you have stories of your own you would like me to read, then send them to the email address that has been on screen or that will be in the description, along with my other social media links. And I have recently brought out some new merch, um, including a Mr. Ramsey hoodie, which you can find in the pinned comments or as well in the description. I hope you all had a lovely evening. Thanks.